Let's pray that the Word of God would get into us. Lord, we just say thank you so much, Lord, that you gave us your Word, that Holy Spirit, uh, we ask that you would come and fill this sanctuary this morning, that, Lord, you would change us, that you would cut into the deepest parts of our heart, Lord, and your Word, your Spirit would change us this morning, that we would leave differently, that we would live differently. And, Lord, we ask that you would help us to love you to love our neighbors well. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, welcome. Uh, thank you for being here. Uh, you know, um, when I uh, first came over to Kakako Christian Fellowship, that was about three years ago now. It came in August. And I preached a sermon uh, very similar to the one that I'm preaching today, talking about prayer evangelism and Luke 10 and sharing a testimony about what God did at school in Liliha. Uh, which um, is called Lanakila Elementary School. Lanakila in Hawaiian means, anyone know? Victory. It means victory. So God wants to uh, just, I think, share this amazing story of victory, what He's done in an elementary school. And how many of you believe God can transform a human heart? You probably believe that's true because He's transformed yours. Amen? And He wants to continue doing this great work of transformation within all of our friends' lives that we have, our families' lives, and not just there. He can do it in entire schools, entire businesses, and even entire communities and nations. So today I'm going to be sharing about uh, the greatest commandment. You can find it in Matthew chapter 22 or Luke chapter 10, but I'm going to be reading Matthew chapter 22, 37 through 39. Greatest commandment. Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus went on to say, All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So if you want to boil everything down that's in the Bible, the Old Testament, the New Testament, He's talking about the greatest commandment. How do you, can you sum up the law and the prophets, everything in the Bible? You have to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. It's awesome how simple Jesus makes it, isn't it? We can understand it. He gets it down into that uh, bite-sized chunk, but we know that that's not easy to do. And we're not quite sure how to go about doing that, right? So who is your neighbor that you're called to love? Who is your neighbor? Think about that. Your neighbor is everyone. Everyone that you see. Everyone else that you see in the world. So we're called to love our neighbor as ourselves. And so today I want to encourage you to not only to love your neighbor, but to love your neighborhood. You've heard it say, right? Love thy neighbor. Love thy neighborhood. This is the title for today's sermon. And when we begin to see God using us to love our neighbors, we're going to see God transforming our neighborhoods. Aren't we in desperate need of that around Hawaii, around, you know, all over our nation and even the world, right? So today I wanted to share the testimony of what God did uh, within a part of the neck of the woods that I was living in, in Liliha and at the elementary school. So I was serving at a different church in 2005 um, my wife and I 
I uh, got called to serve as the community life. I was a community life pastor. That's just a title we made up. <laughs> and it basically is like a missionary to the community. And so we started and we moved into the parsonage and back of the church where we were serving. And we, our goal was to take the church outside of the church, outside of the four walls, and be a blessing to our neighborhood. But we noticed that our church didn't have anybody from our neighborhood coming to that church. And we didn't know anything about the neighborhood. So it was about that time. Uh, we went to a Transformation Hawaii conference at the Blaisdell. Maybe some of you were there, 2005. At a big conference there, and we learned the principles of something called prayer evangelism found in Luke chapter 10. How Jesus sends his followers out, and we'll see what happens from there. Let's go ahead, if you have a Bible, please turn to Luke chapter 10, verses 1 through 9. We're going to go ahead and read through those and study those a little bit today, okay? So Luke chapter 10, verses 1 through 9. If not, it'll be up on the screen. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals, and do not greet anyone on the road. And when you enter a house, first say, Peace to this house. If a man of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. If not, it will return to you. Stay in that house, eating and drinking whatever they give you. For the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is set before you. Verse 9. Heal the sick who are there and tell them, The kingdom of God is near you. The kingdom of God is near you. Well, uh, we began to apply what we learned at this conference and the principles of prayer evangelism found in Luke 10 and how Jesus sends out his followers. Isn't that kind of interesting how Jesus was teaching them how to go out into the world? And so we learn from his example. And uh, we weren't professional, professional at it. We didn't know what we were doing. But we started, I think, in the right place in prayer. And that's the first point we want to make in prayer evangelism. Prayer evangelism and how to be a blessing to your neighbors. And loving your neighborhood. Number one, you can write this in your bulletin. Pray for God's peace and blessings over your neighbors. Pray for God's peace and blessings over your neighbors. Luke chapter 10 verse 5. Jesus said, first say, peace to this house. Peace to this house. Everybody can pronounce peace over somebody's life in prayer, right? You can walk by your neighbor's house. They might be fighting. They might be struggling with some, something that you don't even know about. Your neighborhood is full of people who are caught up in addictions and financial problems and stressed out. And Jesus says, start there in prayer. Say peace to this house. We can all do that 
Right? Why don't we try that right now? Why don't you bow your head and just pronounce peace over your neighbors on the left of you and on the right of you. Just pray, God, bring peace in their family. Bring peace over their, their home. So easy, yeah? It just took you two seconds. It's so easy. Jesus tells us, start there. Pray for peace. You know, prayer evangelism is simply talking to God about the lost before you talk to the lost about God. Isn't that good? just want to talk to God about those people who don't know Jesus first. And then you begin to talk to your neighbor about who Jesus is and live it out. Okay, so we started in prayer and we had a prayer meeting and we said, Lord, we don't know where to go. We don't know any of these neighbors here. Like so many churches, they're commuter churches coming from all over, Milani, Hoikai, the Windward Side. But right there in Liliha, we didn't know anybody. God, what should we do? We don't know even where to begin. Started praying peace and blessings over them. Then God said, you know what? Why don't you go look around, see what's going on out there. So remember, we all, after the prayer meeting on Saturday, we stepped outside of the sanctuary and we went and we we're looking. Okay, there's an apartment building across the street. We're looking. Okay, we know that's Liliha Bakery. Everybody knows Liliha Bakery, right? Concentrate though. Concentrate. Look, look, look. Okay, what's on the other way? Okay, going down Eva side of Kokini Street. Oh, it's a school. What school is that? I don't know. Nobody knew. Okay? So we go down. Hey, it's a school called Lanakila. Okay, that's elementary school. Okay, good. Okay, come back, come back. Huddle up. And so we just did that for a few months and prayed. Then we sent out teams uh, to go out after that. Well, one of the teams sent out was myself and one of our other elders. And we were walking to Lanakila. We didn't know. We were kind of intimidated, kind of nervous. And we knocked on the principal's door. Hi, excuse me. Yeah, we're from this church. Good Shepherd. Um, can we talk to the you know, principal? And we, we didn't have an appointment or anything. And you know, we just walked into her office. And she was so friendly. And she said, come on in. And we said, you know where we're from? Good Shepherd, right across the street. And we, is there anything we can help you with? bless you, like, you know, help out the school? She said, no, I can't think of anything, but if you, you know, if I do, I'll call you. We'll let you know. Okay, thanks, okay. And as we're leaving, I turned around and I remember saying to her, and it was like the, the Holy Spirit just wanted, really wanted me to say this. You know when God just really wants you to say something? So I turned around and I said, you know, we're sorry for, we've been across the street for 50 years, we just celebrated our 50th anniversary, but not once have we come over here and even asked you guys if you needed any help. On behalf of the church, we just want to say we're sorry. And I think when I said that, something really changed spiritually, and you could just feel it. Like her guard was really, I think her heart was really touched, and she said, Okay, thank you. You know, well, I'll call you if I can think of anything. Well, later on that week, she called and she said, we have some, our computer lab, it needs to be cleaned. Would you guys come over and clean it? And I think she was looking, just trying to be nice to us, give us something to do rather than they really needed help. Because when we went over, they give you the cans of air, right? And you shh, and you're done. We did like 30 computers and then it took us like 10 minutes and we were done, right? And we're like, is that it? She's like, that's it. If there's anything else, call us. She said, we will. And you'd never believe how it started to snowball after that. 
the Holy Spirit just started opening up more and more opportunities to love them and be with them. And that's the second point. Loving your neighbors means to, number two, fellowship with them. Fellowship with your neighbors. Fellowship is kind of like a fancy word. It's, it's an awesome thing. Fellowship is really just being with other people. Hanging out. You know, we can do that. Sometimes we say fellowship, we're not quite sure what that means. Okay, it's time to fellowship. We're not like too keen on that, but we like, hey, it's time to hang out. Let's hang out. Let's just spend time together. Yeah, we like that. So Luke chapter 10, 7 says, Stay in that house, eating and drinking whatever they give you. That's fellowship. That's hanging out. That's being, spending life with somebody else. You know, John chapter 1 verse 14 says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. That was Jesus. The Word became flesh and bone. A human being and made His dwelling among us as human beings. Isn't that awesome? Jesus became a human being. One of us. He came to fellowship with us. To know the exact things that we went through as human beings. And so Jesus shows us the ultimate example of what it means to really get in there and be one of them. And we can't be too busy for people a lot of times. You know, that's a great concept, Max. Yeah, fellowship. We want to hang out. But don't you know, I've got to do shopping. I've got to get ready for this coming week. I can't. We have so many things to do. In fact, every night for the next month is booked up. You know, our schedules are so maximized. They're so full. So what we have to do is really be proactive about, okay, we're not going to do anything on this part because there might be an opportunity just to hang out, relax, go to the beach, call somebody else, spend time, call my auntie who I never talked to a long time, take some stuff over to my neighbors. You know, fellowshipping, being with the people who we love, being with the people who we don't even know, know yet, our neighbors, our communities. Amen? So, God opens up these doors. You'll see a fellowship when we're praying. Lord, peace to them. Just bless them. Open up their hearts for you, Lord. They don't know you yet. Open up their hearts. And then God opens up these amazing doors, and our job is to walk through in faith. You know, like I said, the snowball effect started to happen. The principal called us up and she said, you know what, I have a new thing for you. Would you guys be able to do a summer reading program for us? And we're like, what? She's like, yeah, you know, we're having all of our uh, preschoolers and you have a preschool there and we want your preschoolers to come to our school. We want your preschoolers to, uh, when they go from preschool to kindergarten, not lose their reading. So their reading stays real high during the summertime. There's no drop-off. For the kindergartners going to first grade, same thing. We need to start a program for them. We're like, yeah, that sounds good. I think we can help out with that. She said, no, I want you to run it. I want you, and she goes, I want it to be at your church because our school's being renovated. And this principal is a real maverick. She's kind of headed out of the DOE anyway. She's ready to retire so she can do some new things. And so she said, right, is that ironic? So she said, you know, uh, we're... We just want it to ha be at your church because our school's being renovated. So we said, well, there's no room. But we said, wait, there's room. In our parsonage where we live, Vanessa and I, there's this downstairs lanai. So we put like 20 desks down there. 
and the kids came, and they were like, in my home. Okay, this is DOE, it's supposed to be separation church and state. Plug your ears, all of you. Don't tell the superintendent if you work for the DOE. Because there were like all these kids, and I'm like waking up, and I'm like looking at all these kids. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Not only that, the opportunity still snowballed. She said, you know, some of the parents don't like A+, after school program. Can you start a Christian after school program? And we're like, what? She said, yeah, but it has to be Christian because these Christian parents want a Christian alternative. And we're like, okay, let's do it. So we started a Christian after school program. We already had another program that was taking kids from all different elementary schools there. So on every average day after school, we had 40 kids, two different programs. One was a paid program, the one she wanted us to start. The other one was a totally free program for the kids who they go home, they lose their backpack every night, all their books, no slippers, come to school, that kind of kid. So we had those at-risk kids in a separate program. So we're fellowshipping, we're li living life with these students, getting to know them, getting to know their families. Uh, we're um, getting on campus, starting to know the staff in the office, you know, and just taking them treats and goodies and hanging out with the principal, the teachers, all kinds of different things. At the same time, we were continuing to prayer walk. And prayer walk is simply you just walk around your community, your job, and you can do this where you work. God say, you know what, I want you to just go ahead and just walk around your building. Walk around downtown. Just say, Lord, bless these people. Bless my co-workers. Go with another, maybe another believer. And say, hey, you want to go for a, a walk? Yeah, why don't we go ahead and pray for our downtown, that God would be, Jesus would be down here. It's like a good idea, right? Just pray for your neighborhood. Go walk up down your street. When you go up and down the street, just pray a blessing over them. Lord, bless these people. Bless my neighbors. Help them to come to know you. Help us to make relationships. And so uh, we were just praying, walking around the neighborhood, praying, God, your kingdom come, your will be done here at Lanakil Elementary School. And when we were doing that, we noticed in the back, Lanakila Avenue, way down at the end, there's this little church tucked away. We didn't even know it existed. And we go, and we walk into the, uh, the office, and the pastor's having a meeting, and we get to talk story with him, and we barge in on the meeting and everything. And he says, oh, where are you guys from? Good Shepherd? Oh, we're a Calvary Assembly of God. We're a Lutheran church. They were a, a Pentecostal Assemblies of God church. And like unlikely partners, right? But we said, you know, we're just blessing this neighborhood. We're trying to help the school. He said, that's so funny because we just hired somebody called a community pastor. <laughs> See what God is up to in that side, our side. And so me and that community pastor ended up becoming really good friends. And we both just prayed together, continued just to prayer walk and bless the school and do all kind of fun things. And like I said, the Lord kept opening doors. But when He opens doors to people's lives, you're going to see because every one of us has needs, right? You meet me, I have as many needs as anybody else. And when Jesus comes into a situation, He wants to help heal those things and meet those needs, right? And so all of these needs kept coming up and God says, meet those needs. That's number three. Third point, loving your neighbors. Meet the needs of your neighbors. Meet the needs of your neighbors. Luke chapter 10, verse 9. Jesus said, remember, 
Heal the sick who are there. Heal the sick. That was a need when they were walking around. There were a lot of people who were in need of healing. And so he said, as you're spending life with them, eating, talking story with them, being with them, fellowshipping, meet those needs. That need is going to be healing. Meet that need. Heal the sick who are there. What was the school sickness problem, right? It started, they said, we have a need for our computer room <laughs> to be cleaned. We have this after school program. We want you to do a summer reading program. But it kept growing and growing and growing. And a lot of times you can't meet all the needs, but you just ask the Lord, what need can I meet? And then you partner up with other churches in the area, other believers in your workplace, other believers for your family, and you say, let's do it together, right? Because I can't meet all these needs by myself, right? But as a church, as the church, we can meet those needs. So all of these needs kept popping up. We, they had their whole school needed to be renovated, and it looked like night and day. Just at that time, all the money kicked in, and it just was beautiful. It looked like a new school. But we did continue to do school beautification days, right? Because they still need a lot of help. And schools, like even McKinley here, they need a lot of help. So that's one way churches can really help, school beautification days. Number two, uh, we did staff lunches for the teachers. So, you know, in schools, how many of you here are teachers? Can you raise your hand? Nice and high? Perfect. There's a lot of you. And so, you, yeah, let's give them a hand. My wife is a teacher now, too, and we know it's a hard job, and you're going over and beyond what uh, you need to, what you're called to do, and you just are give, pouring out so much of your stuff, and you start to see morale is really hard, and then unity in the school is really hard. Teachers a lot of times don't get along with one another, and you're starting to see all of these things, and the, it seems like there's more and more on their plate every year. And so what we wanted to do is make them feel loved, and so we do lunches, we dress up in tuxedos, get all nice, try to make it the best lunch we can, any excuse during the breaks, we do a, just sponsor the lunches. In between a couple of churches, you can do a lot of things, a lot of fun things. Bring in entertainment, all kind of fun stuff. Try and boost the morale. We mentored students during lunch, the really hard students. We did after-school tutoring. Like I said, we did uh, went into the school and the other pastor, who was a community pastor, and I became part-time teachers there. So I would teach character education. I taught... Uh, uh, physical fitness, he taught music, he taught Hawaiian, whatever we could do to get in and meet the needs of that school. Uh, we uh, served on the school community council. We were uh, part of a couple of different principal search committees after that pr first principal retired. And so we started seeing all these needs be laid out. And there was also something uh, during the breaks. We started something called the Victory Sports Camp. This was a um, just a really fun, any kind of spring break, fall break, summer break. We would do like a week-long camp where the kids come and they all get T-shirts with a Bible verse on it. And remember, Lanakila means victory, right? And so we would teach them all kinds of different stuff, like how to hit a volleyball, because these kids, they don't learn volleyball. They don't play on the sports teams. 
So we teach them how to make your hands. So when they go to a picnic, they know how to do it. Instead of sitting on the side, they know how to do it. They feel like they can get involved. How to shoot a basket correctly, swing a baseball bat, do flag football. We did all kinds of stuff. We brought in extreme pro skateboarder, ex-NFL player. We sing Jesus songs with them. And we're just getting them pumped up, do a Bible lesson. They're loving. Every one of those kids, and we had like 100 kids, like probably every time. Every time we do it, everyone raised their hand to receive Jesus. Because kids love Jesus. They have, they're like, oh yeah, we, I'm for Jesus. And so they go back to school. They're singing the songs that they sing in the camp, in the cafeteria. It's just awesome. So cool. So remember furlough Fridays? We had all those furlough Fridays. So instead, all these parents, they don't know what to do with their children. So we brought in, I think it was like 10 or so Fridays, where we did a whole bunch of different things with them in the cafeteria for furlough Fridays. Well, God even, that was meeting needs in a practical way. We even met, saw God meet needs in the miraculous way. And that's what Jesus was talking about, heal the sick who were there. We actually saw that happen. And you can too. The Lord wants to use you to be an instrument to meet needs. Practically, supernaturally, all kinds of ways. It's going to be awesome. And so there was a teacher, telling you a story. She came up to us, came up to me one day. At, she was actually, we were, I was standing there with the group and she was walking by. She kind of slowed down. And she looked at me and she was kind of, I could tell, shamed or something wrong with her face, kind of shading it for me or something. So I hey, what's wrong? And so she looked at me and half of her face was uh, Bell's palsy, you know, when it, the nerves and stuff go dead. And oh, I was like, oh, wow, what happened? She told me about it. I said, how long will it take to get better? She said, it could take two years. It could take two days. Nobody knows. Could never come back. And so I said, wow, I'm so sorry. I'll pray for you. And you know when you tell somebody that, do you, how many times do you actually pray for them? Right? Oh, I'll pray for you. Praying. Right? Text praying. <laughs> right? We're all guilty of that. And then you forget it's not that you don't want to pray. Right? But you just say, oh yeah, I'm praying. Right? You know what you do? Right there on the spot. Jesus is telling us, pray for them. Just go ahead and it's so easy. And even when you text praying, you can stop what you're doing and just pray for them right there. Because otherwise you forget, right? So you just, I said, God, I wish I would have prayed for her. I feel so bad that I didn't pray for her. So she went to class, taught the class. I was teaching the class, came down. Guess who we met right there at the end of the class? And the kids are walking by us. And I was thinking, oh, I got to just pray for her right now. So I just said, can I pray for you? Yes. So I just said, a very quick and easy prayer. Please heal her in the name of Jesus. Amen. Is that easy? It took two seconds. And she said, okay, thank you. A little uncomfortable for her, but that's okay. She appreciated the gesture. And when people, when you do pray for a person on the spot, they feel really blessed and loved because it shows that you care about them. And so she went off. Next week, she comes back to school. I'm better. I'm healed. Thank you. You healed me. And I was like, it wasn't me. And I'm just pointing up. It was God. It was Jesus who healed you. Isn't that awesome? And there were other situations that uh, teachers, they couldn't get pregnant. 
And so they knew they would come up to Pastor Aaron and myself, and we would be able to just pray for them. And they, they I mean, I, I really believe there was an answer to prayer. God would answer those prayers. There were a lot of really hard situations and, and people passing away in the school and in the community. And it was really hard, hard ministry too. But God was able to use us to be a part of that community. Is that awesome? Some of the hardest things. But you know what? We see God's healing being done when we're praying for them, when we're fellowshipping with them. God is able to use us to meet needs. But the miracles don't stop there. Number four, loving your neighbors and your neighborhood means to proclaim God's kingdom has come. Proclaim God's kingdom has come to your neighbors and to your neighborhood. Luke chapter 10, verse 9, Jesus said, And tell them, the kingdom of God is near you. See, Lanakila Elementary School was in need of transformation. It was ripe. Remember Jesus said, the fields are what? Ripe for harvest. He's like, we, we just need some workers to come and reap the harvest. You see this school, Lanakila? They were suffering on every kind of academic probation there was. They were just really in the dumps. So in 2005, when we got there, their math and their reading scores were so dismal, so bad. In reading their scores, and we can put that chart up here. This is about the time when we got there and started praying. 43% in reading. This is math and reading for the HSA. This is their old test. They don't take these tests anymore. It's a different test. But uh, this is third through fifth graders now, yeah? So... 43%. That's terrible, right? Math, 19%. Look what, where it was, though. This is where the new principal came in, the Maverick principal, Jerry Ann Lee. So she started doing some things, and the teachers were working so hard this whole time, right? But then we see from 43, we're praying, blessing, meeting needs, and then 2006 to 7 went from 57% to 78%. Look at math, 27% to 70% in one year, okay? So everybody's thinking, what's going on? Are they cheating? Did they, they sent people over to find out how they did it? And their scores steadily went up and remained in the high level. So they went from being a real low-performing school on every kind of academic probation to being a blue-ribbon school, Hawaii blue-ribbon school, even a national blue-ribbon school. They had uh, President Obama's uh, Department of Education people come down for something and they stopped by Lanakila and they were asking all kinds of questions. I got to sit in on that meeting. It was just so neat to see the question, how did you do it? So what happened here? Tell us the story. And they would, the news did a, did a clip on it, KHON, and the teachers were so excited. Even kids from my, my elementary were transferring to Lanakila. Okay? When we started in 2005, the school was begging us for, can you get your preschoolers to come over to our school instead of GE, GE and all, New Uwanu Elementary, uh, Maemae. And they were like, 
I think it was like 220 students. Okay. 2010, 2012, they're running like 450 students. Okay. So God just totally increased that and blessed them so, so much in every way with the test scores and everything. And like I said, the teachers did lots of hard work. The principal, new system, they could all get behind. And that's what we do in our life. We do everything that we can in the natural. We work really hard, right? It doesn't mean we stop working and just pray all day and just ask God to do something miraculous but do nothing about it. We do what we can in the natural. And God what he does what He does in the supernatural. Right? And he, I believe He really did something supernatural. He had His hand of blessing over Lanakila. You know, when the principal retired at her retirement party, Jerry Ann Lee, it was at Natsunoya Tea House, right up the street from Lanakila Elementary. And when we were there, we were celebrating and laughing, and she said, she was not a believer, but she said, you have to admit something divine has happened here at the school. Isn't that awesome? She's saying, I can't explain it. I don't know what happened. I know we worked really hard, all of you here. But we believe that something supernatural has happened. See, the kingdom of God has come to Lanakila Elementary School. The kingdom of God has taken up residence there in our community. And you know the difference. Because we saw it from when we first started to when many years later. The kingdom of God has come. God always answers our prayer. If you're praying for the lost, you're talking to God about the lost before you talk to the lost about God. When you're loving on them, when you're fellowshipping with them, hanging out, you're carving out time of your schedule to just be with people and meet their needs. You can't meet all of them, but you can meet the ones that God will help you to meet. And just really loving on people. Doesn't it always work? Doesn't it always happen where somebody's heart is so blessed and they're saying, you know what, that Jesus that you believe in, that church you go to, I think I might want to check that out. I think that sounds pretty good to me. And you know, it was so awesome to see all these relationships made and they're in process. And we saw people come to know the Lord and proclaiming the kingdom of God has come. Don't have to come to our church, but we want them to go to a church and we're just saying God would you do an awesome work of transformation to bless our neighborhood and transform our neighborhood now some of you know that I ran for office in 2014 and in this district and it was a spiritual calling it was so much fun to be able to continue on this journey of bringing transformation to Liliha to this area Lanakila and it was like the craziest, hardest thing that we've ever done. I don't recommend it. <laughs> Unless, <laughs> see what happens to you? You've got to go through things like that. They, they don't know that that costs money. But that's the kind of thing I would do when I was 13 years old. So God just is chuckling at me, okay? I, it's not the kind of thing I would recommend doing unless God calls you to do it. Then do it. Right? 
Sometimes God will call you to do some crazy things you never thought you would end up doing. But He has a reason for it. So I want you to think about what is God calling you to do? Who is God calling you to go to? Who is He making you right now feel like a lamb among wolves? That's how I felt when we started at Lanakila, going out into the community. So many different missionary things, and we're all missionaries. Who is God calling you to go to? It's some creative thing. It's some crazy idea. And God is going to put it, the Holy Spirit is going to download it to you. But that's what He wants you to do. Think about that. We've got to start to step outside of our comfort zones and go to those places and do those things that we don't normally do. And then we're going to start to see people in our lives say yes to Jesus. You know, I would always... In, in our time serving there as a community pastor, I'd say, God, I just want to wish I could go to every house because, you know, these guys, they don't come to our churches. How do I talk to the normal people of this neighborhood? I school's awesome. Yes, school's awesome. But there's so many, there's like 25,000 people who live in this neighborhood. How could I talk to all of them? <laughs> so God sent me to every house twice. Hi, my name is Max Fowler. I'm running for the State House of Representatives. Hi, my name is Max Fowler. Oh, hi. Come on. Come in. Come hang out. You want to have something to eat? What does it say in Luke chapter 10? Go in and hang out with them and eat. Stay in that house. Oh, but I got to go to 100 more houses this afternoon, God. That's okay. Go inside. So going inside, eating, talking story with auntie there. There's a lot of lonely people. There's a lot of lonely people who need somebody just to talk to. You know, and God is just using, I, I could just see him taking Jesus to those places. Didn't win the election, but that's fine. God calls you just to do something you don't, you have no control over the results. Right? You're just called to be obedient. Amen? So who is he calling you to go to? Who is he going to use you to bring Jesus to? Who is he going to call you to love on? To practice these principles of prayer evangelism. Expect it will happen in your life. Say, God, yes, it's going to happen. I'm, I'm excited because I can do this. I can do these things that are on my bulletin. I can, say, I can go ahead and pray for people. I can hang out with them. I can even meet needs, Lord. That's awesome. Jesus is going to be a part of this. Expect it will happen. Expect God will use our church to be a blessing to our community. Amen? Let's go ahead and pray. Would you please stand up? I wanted to ask Max um, uh, real quick. Um, I guess you can keep standing. It's going to take a little while. Um, you know, like ever, you know, after 2014 or whatever, you ran for office and all this stuff. But even today, with new principles and stuff, mm -hmm. um, God continues to do stuff at, at Lanakil Elementary. Yeah? yeah, he's he's not done yet. You know, it, we're all in process and. Um, 
our lives are in process, our neighbors' lives are in process, uh, even once the kingdom of God has come. Um, and so we're continuing on. There's a, actually another church that meets in the cafeteria now for the past year. So I went and spoke and gave this message a few weeks ago to the church that's really being a part of blessing um, that school and working in that school. So yeah, the story continues. It's just next chapter, the next chapter. And we're going to see, we really believe, more and more people, uh, principals, uh, teachers, parents, students, uh, everybody associated with this community and the school have a chance to receive Jesus. No, you know why? Because I, really, I was really excited and encouraged by the whole thing, too, because, you know, principles have come and gone. But uh, Max was saying that they had some kind of community, I don't know, it was appreciation or something, and the community partners for this public school where we hear so much about separation of church and state and all that kind of stuff. But in that public school there, when you have the community partners there introduced, mm -hmm. they were all pastors, weren't they? Yeah, so recently um, they brought in, they had a luncheon because they, they did uh, really well again uh, on their uh, new testing coming out. So they got the results, uh, I think it was about a month ago. And so we were there, they brought in all the community pastors and they brought in a food truck and we had a party and they introduced all their um, school, I mean all their community partners and every single one of them was from a church. And they even had... Uh, the owner of Fisher, Al, your friend who came in, who's a strong Christian. And so they had all these community partners, all Christian. And it was just like, wow, God, he really has a purpose and he's blessing the school. Um, and uh, I mean, there's, there's just, there's more to share in the testimony of how many fun things that he's done. But, there's but only when, so we much. Stand, when we stand and share in faith. Yeah. Then God does this crazy things like that, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think as we as we step out and say, Jesus, please help my neighbor, help my boss, help my friend who's really struggling, help my auntie, help my son, whoever it is, and pray for them and love on them and don't give up and God and just expect it's gonna, God is going to move powerfully and meet their need. I think we have to look forward to Jesus coming into their lives. Yeah. How many of you work at a school? Yeah, isn't that exciting that this would happen? It's happening wherever. So let the Holy Spirit speak to you and we'll pray, Max. Okay. Let's pray. Let's bow our heads. Lord, we just say thank you so much, God, that you give us an awesome example, a teaching on, Lord, uh, how we can go out into the neighborhood. Lord, you say, look around. The fields are plentiful for harvest. They're ripe for harvest. What should we do about that? We should pray. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send out workers to reap the harvest. So Lord, we just, right now, we pray for more workers, Lord. We pray that you would help us to be somebody who is a gatherer, somebody who is out there willing to go out into the fields and say, yeah, you know, I see my workplace as a field that is ripe for harvest. It's hard, Lord. That person seems so far away from you. They seem like they hate you. They seem like they hate me. They seem like they're actually probably lonely and depressed and struggling with certain things. 
And that seems like the majority of people going, going about their lives, busy, maybe not too much spiritual depth, and they don't know you. That's when I really look at it now, Lord, I see their spiritual condition. And God, I just I want to be a part of changing that. So help me to be a worker to reap the harvest. Help me to really get on my knees. Help me to not just text and say, I'm going to pray, but I would take it upon myself to do those prayer walks maybe I would just say I can pray two second Lord please bring your peace and blessing here I really mean it Lord I want you to bring your peace and blessing to my workplace bring your peace and blessing to my children's school to the school in my community to my family because my family is all messed up Lord it's coming Christmas pretty soon I'm going to go to the family parties and Lord, I know there's so many people, they don't even want to hear about Jesus, but that's okay because I'm praying for them. And I love them enough to pray for them and then maybe follow up, hang out with my cousin who I never hung out for a long time. I'm going to spend that time with them. I'm going to do that. what you called us to do. Go ahead and eat and drink and hang out with them, fellowship with them. And Lord, as the need arises, as those needs pop up, Lord, I pray that you, Holy Spirit, would help me to meet those needs in your strength and power, not my own. And Lord, we would see whether it takes two days, two years, 20 years, we would be able to say, Jesus has come into this relationship. The kingdom of God has come into this friendship, into this business, into this workplace, into this school, into my community. Just how you came into our hearts too. So Lord, we just say thank you so much for today. Continue to use us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Well, have a great Sunday.